beautiful listeners welcome back to another episode of just press foreplay it has been a fucking minute like usual i feel like i have been six thousand different people since i started the journey of this podcast so i kind of wanted to do an update episode i wanted to do an update i wanted to do a reflection and i want to kind of just tie together everything that i've gone through from starting this podcast to transitioning into figuring out what energies it is i want to be living in and representing to the world and kind of the shifts that have happened since I've made that decision and what it's brought me to now. But before we get into all of that, a few updates that I wanted to let you guys know about, some fun things that I had worked on before I started getting back into work that I didn't get to put in the last episode. So I created something really fun for you all I don't think I talked about this in the last episode because I think I was waiting for it to get approved. Um, So I made journals. I made lover's journals because for me in all of my past relationships, one thing that I had to really grow out of and grow into was figuring out how to have a, a good productive way of communicating for myself. And I know that with me, like especially growing up, like my mom and I used to fight a lot and she's an Aries and I'm a Pisces. And so she's really good with her words and it would spin me the fuck out. So I would think that I was, I would have a thought, I would be very sure of myself and then I would be almost like, not necessarily gaslit because, you know, it, my mom was 20 when you know, we're, we're 20 years apart. So it's like, we're both learning together. Her intent was not to gaslight me. It's us growing and learning together, our ways of communication, working through our karmic cycles, working through ways that we were raised to not communicate, but instead just take it all on in a sense, which is like very much us living in our masculine energy. So naturally as two women living in our masculine energy, we would butt heads because we were both very strong, independent minds. So what I learned through all of that is that my best way of communicating was always through writing because I didn't get interrupted. I didn't get discombobulated in what I wanted to speak and exactly how I wanted to say it. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves is if I'm taking the time to really figure out the words that I want to use It's because there's purpose behind every single word that I'm choosing and there's a reason that I'm placing it there. And so if you stop me and you interrupt me and you pull me away or make me clarify, you're not getting the whole message that I'm working towards. And so therefore you're not actually hearing me, you're listening to respond. So my favorite way of communicating is always through writing and I've always had my best resolutions from conflict when I've taken that time to write down exactly how I'm feeling and presenting it to the person who I love and I'm trying to communicate properly with. So my solution to that was creating a lover's journal for all of you. 
And I know right now we're very much in a world where people are realizing that you don't have to stick to social norms with the way that you communicate, the way you're told to communicate, the way you're told to live in your relationships. Um, So it's not designed for couples. It is just designed for people within relationships. If you have someone who you're very close to and you want to strengthen that intimacy with one another, it's a back and forth journal. Or if you're in a polyamorous relationship, it's amongst everyone within your small little network of love that you want to have just clear dialogue with. Um, So yeah, it's a lover's journal. You can find it on our website, justpressforeplay.com. The tab is a journal for lovers. They're available on Amazon. And I made quite a few different covers in an artist series. So that way you guys can pick and choose which one kind of best suits your style. It's a line journal with prompts at the beginning to just kind of help you pick where to start with. And these journals aren't intended just to be for grievances. Like if you're upset, absolutely please write it down. But if you had a great day and you want to share like a dark fantasy, you want to share something exciting that you can't really communicate fully in words, write it down, give it to your partner, have them respond to you by writing back. And it's just meant to be this cute journal you guys can look back on a year from now, five years from now, a lifetime from now to just see your your level of communication, how you've grown, the way you used to speak to one another. There's so much power in writing something down and going back and rereading it and having it just be there for you to continuously reference because there's no way to distort how someone's trying to talk to you when you have to read it in its full essence. So that was my idea behind the lover's journals. I know it's been done before. I know that I'm not the only lover's journal that is out there and available on Amazon, but I wanted to tie it in with the artist series of collage artwork that I like to do. So the covers are absolutely beautiful. I'm also going to create a line of learning to love yourself journals. And there's one other one. I can't think of it right now. But yeah, if you are excited about writing or getting better at writing or just learning how to have more intimate conversations with your partner or partners, that's a great way to go. Lover's Journals, available on Amazon, created by me. I'm actually pretty proud of them. Um, So please go check it out. Obviously, we also still have our Redbubble store up. I haven't updated it in the last couple weeks, but I have been working on designs that I just need to get uploaded and put on there. So please go support our shop, go support our stickers, go get yourself a journal, and let's get into this week's episode. For those of you who've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you know that it's been quite a wild journey. I don't know that I shared the depth of like what a low place I was in when I was starting this podcast. It was essentially my way to regain my power, reclaim what it is that I wanted to see in my life, what it is I wanted to be feeling in my life, and um, you know, just completely reclaiming my energy as a whole. But I was at my lowest. Like the times where we pre-recorded some of these episodes. I had I had about four of them pre-recorded, which were the ones with my sister, but then after that, when I was doing them, like, the things that Patrick and I were going through were just so draining. So there would be times where I was supposed to be recording or doing an interview with someone, and I had been bawling my eyes out the night before or just hours before, just completely exhausted, drained. Patrick was having his back issues. So there was like about two, three months where he was just not able to walk. And he was basically bedridden for that whole time. 
we were also going through like a partial breakup but deciding if that's what we wanted so it was also in an essence somewhat of communicating being an open and re- being in an open relationship but really what it comes down to it was us figuring out our energies in a relationship because i have lived my entire life in my masculine energy i have lived my entire life raised by women in their masculine energy not even understanding what it means to uh, submit to anything really just not really realizing the power and strength in saying that you need help the power and strength in taking a step back and just straight up unapologetically being like hey this is where I'm at this is what I can handle and no I will not take on any more because this is where I'm at and this is what I can do and this is my best and this is where I'm at so accept it and love me for it Um, And the moment I started doing that, everything flipped. Everything flipped for me. Living my masculine, trying to do it all myself, and then submitting. And the moment I submitted, everything came back together. Everything, I felt more whole again. Our relationship repaired itself. It truly did just repair itself. Like, our communication with one another got better. I was completely allowed to just live in my creative nature and drop all of the the parts of me that were holding on to dictating controlling and kind of just thinking that if I didn't handle those parts they would fall apart but then I became okay with knowing that if they fell apart then it's because it was not right so I have to allow it to fall apart so that what's right can fill the space that's supposed to be there and once I did that I realized the things I thought were gonna fall apart didn't fall apart they became stronger and so it just kind of gave me this uh comfort in knowing that no matter what if I feel that I am living in my proper energy and I'm doing my best in that everything else will come together the things that I think I have to control I don't have to control something will fill the space to make it so that way that part is taken care of if it's something that I cannot do but I have to vocalize that it's something that I cannot do or something I'm not willing to do or something that is outside of my energy capacity and being okay with myself and knowing that that's where that's at and not allowing any exterior force to tell me otherwise because I'm the one who knows. I'm the one who has to live with it and I'm the one who sees the results and I'm the one collecting the data on my life and doing the organizing and the analyzing. But for me, not things outside of me. And it was beautiful to watch. It's been absolutely amazing to watch. I've been able to not be the person who is handling all the finances and stressing about are all of these things paid, blah, 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 like being the person who's manning all of that. Instead, what I've done is I've allowed Patrick to take over those parts where I was emasculating him and let him figure it out. Like he knows how to do it and he's completely capable in doing it. But I was so conditioned to think that if I didn't do it, it wouldn't be done right. And that's so inaccurate. Because if I'm assuming it's not going to be done right, then I'm putting off the energy to my partner of you're not capable. And the moment you put off the energy of making them feel like they are not capable of helping when it comes to the partnership that is your home, 
That's where your partner starts to feel emasculated. That's where you start to see components of your relationship fall apart because you're not allowing that person to live in their essence. You're trying to take on more than you can handle only because you think that they're not going to be able to do it. Let them fucking fail at doing it. Be there and hold space and allow them to fail and still love them anyway because guess what? The next time they're going to do it better because they won't want to fail again. People don't continuously fail unless you come in and say that you're going to do it better, pretend that you do it better, and then guess what? They're going to let you do it better because you're the one who wants to do it so bad anyway, so go fucking do it better yourself. Like, do you really want to create that energy within your partnership? It's not always intentional, but it is what happens. Now, obviously, I didn't understand this overnight. It's been a progression that I've had to grow into, um, especially because I couldn't get hired to save my fucking life. I have applied to so many jobs, so many jobs, and just, like, can't get a call back, can't get through their automated computer bullshits, whatever. Just so many roadblocks putting themselves in my way, no matter how hard I was trying. But what it made me do was have to sit in being completely vulnerable. I had to trust 100% that Patrick was going to have to make it work because every effort I was putting in was failing. But I couldn't get down on myself about it because I was still putting in effort. I was just having to go through a different type of transition to allow for his type of transition as well. So it put us both in the roles of like, I can be okay with letting him handle it, letting him figure it out. Obviously, letting him handle it doesn't mean we don't communicate on it. We're in full transparent communication constantly on our financial situation, on just everything. But in order to get to that, I had to let go a little bit and allow him to be the man and be okay with that and not allow, you know, this conditioning that society has put on us of like, women don't need men and you know just there's just so much that goes on in in the feminist extreme feminist mindset of not needing a man being completely independent you can handle it all yourself you don't need someone there to help you out sure you don't need someone but the thing is is there's so much strength and vulnerability and when you allow that vulnerability to be there the strength is 10,000 times stronger than if you were to just take it all on yourself. So be okay with submitting to your partnership. Be okay with it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's beautiful being able to be um, in a space where you can trust that your partner's got you. And in the times where they're not their 100, then you can step in with with your... you know, assertive energy to fill that role when they need your help. But you don't always need to be living in that 100% of the time. You're taking away from them when you when you do that all the time. Plus, besides all that, I wanted to work on art projects. I wanted to be able to just be. I wanted to be able to know what it was like to just not have to always be carrying the stresses of everything and truly live in what it means to be my feminine self, which is my creative, my fun side, my my essence of myself that truly can just be in the moment and you can't just be in the moment if you're also holding on to being both aspects of your partnership you just can't the masculine's the logical the masculine is the the organizing the masculine is the planning 
you know, that's why there's always the situation where, like, the guy's like, well, where do you want to eat? And she's like, well, I don't know. You say. And there's always that battle that goes on there. It's because the, the feminine energy just wants to be. The feminine energy wants to be swooned and taken. I want you to plan it. I want you to take me somewhere. I want you to be excited about putting this together and I just get to be a part of it. That's what I like. And that's what a lot of uh, women who want to be in their feminine energy enjoy as well. We just are also strong and independent. And so we get caught in doing the planning if we think that you're not going to do the planning. But there's a term that I came across called weaponized incompetence. And it makes me laugh because essentially what weaponized incompetence means is that if you are constantly, if you are an individual who is constantly hounding and critiquing and micromanaging how someone does something, eventually they're going to come to a point where they just pretend like they're not good at it. They're not good at it and you are so much better at it. So why don't you do it? Why don't you show me how to do it? How about you show me again? Show me again because I just can't get it right. Like, I can't do this as good as you. How about you do it? And then you take it on. You take it on and you do it because you think that you're the only one. You're the best at it. No one else is going to do it as good as you do it. And so they lower their standards because there's no pride in doing your best for someone who doesn't see that you're trying who doesn't see that you do want to be better at it and for someone who's constantly telling you that they do it better so they just don't even let you try. Um, And that's what I see in a lot of relationships where the woman is living so much in her masculine energy. She's creating unintentionally the space for him to almost cop out (laughs) of doing a lot. And when you allow him to cop out of it, you allow him to cop out of his masculine planning energy he's going to be living more in his feminine energy of just being because you've taken on all of the planning, all of the things that need to be done, all of the logical aspects of your partnership. And what does that leave left for him? Nothing. So he's going to just be and he's going to live in his feminine energy. But isn't that where you want to be? So it's like we have to find these subtle adjustments within how we're living our life to figure out what energy we're emitting and why we're attracting a partner who's doing something slightly different. And that's what I did in my relationship. I was taking on so much of the masculine that I almost forced him into a box of just living in his feminine. He wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. Our partnership wasn't happy. And as soon as I realized that and I was able to humble myself, pull back and just ask myself what it is I want to be in, what it is, what does it look like for me to be in my feminine energy? What does that look like? That was me starting a podcast. That was me being assertive about my sexual nature and being okay and not apologizing for it, loving it and seeing how I can help other people also find peace in being a sexual being, being a spiritual being, but also being sensual and also enjoying intimacy and still being, you know, someone who is a positive impact to the world and, um, you know, still being someone who is of value to the world. So when I did all of that, It's almost like we went from, in our relationship, him thinking that we weren't a good match to him truly enjoying everything that it is about my creativity. Him really wanting to 
uh, hold the space for me to be able to fully live in my creative nature. And it's been great. It's been absolutely great. And maybe that's why we haven't been recording so much, because I feel like people operate in different ways for depression, you know? And so when I started my podcast, it was very much me trying to keep myself out of a very, very dark place. But then as things got better and as we've been working on our relationship and stepping into these other energy fields, you know, I don't feel the need so much to over explain myself or try and find myself I'm happy living I'm happy just being and I'm happy um creating when it feels right you know not holding myself to like I need to be recording every week in order for whatever whatever no I record when I feel called to record I record when I feel like the components that I want to speak about have completed themselves and come together there's certain episodes that I plan on recording and I go to record it that week and something just doesn't feel complete yet. So I don't talk about it yet because something in me knows that there's another experience that's going to be added to it. And so when that comes together, then that's when I want to speak on it. And, and you know, I, I don't, you guys know, I don't really apologize so much for not recording every week. I'm not upset at myself for not recording every week. There's so many aspects of so many things that I do that I don't want to put a schedule to it and ruin my joy for it. I want to just record when when I want to, when I feel happy about recording, when I'm excited about recording, when I feel like my message is going to be fully heard in a sense. <laughs> and the world we live in right now has created such a space where it's like almost scary to talk about how you're feeling. It's almost scary to fully express where your thoughts are because people almost want to pull on trigger words or like assume you are a certain way for certain views and so they just kind of write you off as a person in all other aspects so it's it's been scary to record lately just because of everything going on in the world you know I don't want to piss people off but I also want to come from a place of like helping people not be so judgmental I guess kind of bridging the gap of the the this side or that side because like I always say like all the fucking meat is in the middle it's not this or that it's not black or white it's not it's not here or there like there's so much in the middle that we're missing when we gravitate to either side of the extremes same with our energy levels if you're gravitating to be an extreme feminist you're you're kind of shutting out extreme masculinity and it's like we need to find the blend in the middle where we can all vibe together (laughs) and what does vibing together look like it looks like allowing people to be and loving them anyway and not over criticizing not over judging not feeling like your perspective is dominant over theirs but instead having the space and the capacity to hear people where they are and accept them for where they are and take the bits of what they say or how they feel and um seeing how it resonates with you but if it if the parts that don't fit with you don't hold on to those don't keep that aspect maybe they're working on something that has absolutely nothing to do with you and so that's why they have that essence about them and it's not your job to understand it's just your job to love them anyway like that's what humanity needs to get to is us figuring out how to love one another 
anyway so that way we can work through our own issues on our own and come together as as healed individuals who have that loving awareness within yourself so that way you can have it outside of yourself too. So it's definitely been a humbling experience for me for sure, especially now because getting back into work, I've been thrown into the restaurant industry again, even though I tried so hard to not have to go back to it. I'm back to it. But it's kind of funny because this time around, I almost feel like I've been thrown back a decade. So I've been in the service industry for 11 years. And Patrick and I met bartending together. And um, it's just funny because like, I truly feel like well, we both feel like we've been thrown back a decade because we didn't want to be continuing to live in this state For those of you who have listened to our podcast, you know we tried so hard last year. We bought a bus. We wanted to go get land. We were going to grow herbs. We were going to just live off grid and be our, our like happy, (laughs) our happy outdoorsy selves. Um, But it fell apart and it didn't work. And the bus engine blew up after seven miles. We tried to fix it. We got 80 miles and it still didn't <laughs> still didn't work. We had to tow ourselves back. We lived in a barn for a couple weeks. I basically purged the women who were in my life who I thought were supposed to be a part of like my sisterhood only to realize that they were actually like energy vampires in my life. And um, I was really put into the perspective of like what around me is actually beneficial and what is just taking from me. We didn't want to be back in our apartment. We had to move back into our apartment. We knew we couldn't afford to be here because we both lost our jobs as bartenders and not being vaccinated. It's impossible to get hired in this state. And so all of these components were just roadblocks in our fucking way. But we've still stuck to being who we are and, you know, we know what our goals are. It's just going to take a little bit longer than we planned and that's okay. Um, We were really upset feeling like we've been thrown back a decade. Like I'm working at a restaurant again, but I had to start as a bar back. Being like a server with as much experience as I have, having to start as a bar back was like, fuck. Like this sucks. I'm making hourly when I've only ever lived off of a tip income which if you're someone who's in the service industry, you know it's like almost impossible to transition out of restaurant industry into a normal nine-to-five job because the starting rate is a fraction of what you're used to living off of unless you get into something that's like hardcore sales, which I don't want to do cold calling. Like, I can't. There's My soul would just run away from me. It's just not possible. And let alone that, I also didn't want to be working in the city that I have talked so much shit on in my podcast. Like, those of you who have listened, it's no secret that I don't enjoy living here. The people are cold. Like, I'm a California baby, and growing up in California, people are fun, people are nice, people are social. If you have conflicts, you address the people to their face. Like, that's where my assertiveness comes from, because... If we got problems, we talk about it. We address it. Like, we're not ashamed to be like, hey, you fucking pissed me off. You squash it, you move on. That's not how things operate here. People talk shit behind your back. People will be catty to you. They'll be nice to you and then catty behind your back. They'll 
you won't know that they don't like you until you hear something from someone else. And so it's like now I'm being thrown back into all of it again. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't want to be here. It was upsetting for me. But I'm seeing components where it's almost like my karmic cycles are, I'm watching them be redone, but in a better way. So instead of us leaving this state on the negative note that we were going to leave it on, now the karmic cycle of everything coming back around this time is almost in a much more positive light. It's in a much better light. I'm in a restaurant where I didn't, I didn't think that I would be able to be in a bar again and feel like family with all of my coworkers so quickly. And the first or second day, just immediately, everyone is so warming and so welcoming, and it's a small, tight-knit group, and it's every aspect that I love when it comes to being a part of a team. That's what I found here. So I'm like, that was the first component where I was like, okay, okay, I can humble myself, I can do this, it's okay, like, this will actually work out just fine and be great. But yeah, it's funny noticing, um, it's almost like I'm, I'm able to reset anything in the last decade that would have been a sour note to leave on. Now when I know when we leave this state, it will be in a much more positive light. It won't be that we're running from everything that we hate. Instead, it will be that, you know, even if people who I work with hear my podcast and you know, maybe they think that my views are way far different from what their views are. It's still in a much more positive light. And I'm, I'm happy for that. I've definitely had to humble myself to find where the happiness is in this situation for us. But now I'm in a spot where I'm like, okay, cool. I see, I see what the universe is planning. I'm surrendering to the path, to the plan, Because I know that everything that I've been praying for, everything that I've been um, wanting to manifest, but choosing to manifest through prayer as opposed to um, trying to do like dictating of manifestations, which I think is another important concept to grasp. When you're dictating manifestations, you're almost like, I don't care what the actual plan should have been. I don't have the hindsight to know if there's something better as opposed to what the specifics are that I'm wanting to manifest. Um, So if there's something better, then I, I want to surrender to what that better is that I can't see. I would rather sit and be humble and aware and hold space for what's right and continue to pray that everything is going to work out and live in praying that everything's going to work out as opposed to being upset that it's not going the way that I expected because expectations are a fucking explosion for your psyche. Like (laughs) expectations are no fucking good. The only thing you can control is your intentions and if your intentions are always in the right place, if your intentions are always centered around trying to find what's right for you, trying to live in loving awareness and, you know, be the pillar for kind of holding that light for yourself, then everything's going to come together the way it's supposed to. Anytime I've had expectations on how it should be, it didn't turn out that way anyway. 
And anytime I've humbled myself and I've allowed it to work out the way it was meant to, it was far better than what I could have asked for. So I may not be where I want to be, but if I have to be in this position, I really am in the best possible light that I could be in for it. Like I've, I'm so blessed to, it's funny how things work out too, because I, like I said, I had been applying to so many jobs, so many, um, you know, so many things outside of the restaurant industry. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm probably going to have to go back to the restaurant industry. So I, I applied to a few things that I really wanted. It's actually a funny story. I applied to the Hyatt because they have a waterfront restaurant that's absolutely gorgeous. But I accidentally turned in my Indeed resume that I had up during the time of the pandemic happening. And in it, at the very top, I had wrote that I'm only looking for remote work because I kept getting poached by corporate restaurants that because they were the only ones that were essentially open still. So like I would get poached from like the stadium, the local baseball stadium here, which fuck no, I don't want to do that. Red Robin, fuck no, I don't want to do that. Like absolutely not. I don't even step foot in that place. Mostly because like I've never told you guys this aspect, but when I work at restaurants and when I pick the restaurant that I want to work at, I'm very adamant about where they source their food from because if I'm selling something, I'm a component of of that sourcing existing, okay? And so if I'm working at a seafood restaurant that is commercial seafood, I'm a part of the fucking problem in the ocean. Like, you can use paper straws all you want, if you're ordering food from a commercial seafood restaurant, you are part of what's killing the ocean. I don't want to be working in a restaurant that is part of the problem. So I enjoy working places that are farm to table. I enjoy working places where, um, you know, if, if they sell seafood, it's from the fisherman who is not a commercial fisherman because if you look at the regulations that go along with how they're allowed to do commercial fishing they essentially just kill tons of marine life and it's fucking sad and I don't want to be a part of that I don't want to be a part of selling that I don't want to be a part of what allows that to thrive so for where I'm at now the chef is Gordon Biersch award-winning um it's farm-to-table restaurant Everything is local, fresh ingredients. Um, but I work in the cocktail bar. So we actually really don't even have to deal much with food. And I get to, you know, like like I wanted to do with studying herbs, it brings in a different layer of allowing me to understand herbs when it comes to tinctures and when it comes to um, creating syrups and creating different components that would go into cocktails but it will translate later when I'm able to have my own land and I'm able to create my own tinctures and my own apothecary line of things so I'm happy with where I'm at and like I said it's not what I expected it's not what I would have predicted and um even at the beginning it wasn't necessarily what I wanted but as it progresses, I'm seeing more and more that it's where I'm meant to be right now. And I'm humbled to that. And I surrendered to that plan. And I'm happy that it's working out better than I could have expected. And it's working out better than I could have forced it if I forced it myself. Um, 
Oh, because what I was saying, I, I applied at the Hyatt at the waterfront restaurant. And so that resume got sent in and I applied for like four or five different positions that were all customer service based. And I opened my email and boom, 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 boom. I get five emails from Hyatt, all of them rejecting me. And so I immediately just call HR because I'm kind of an assertive person. And I was like, hi, like, um, I just applied for these four positions and all four of them I got a rejection on. So I was just calling to see, like, is it an algorithm that's booting me out? What's what's the situation here? And so she told me she was like, oh, well, it says on your resume that you're just looking for remote remote work, that you're not interested in uh, customer service. And so obviously I wasn't rude, but I definitely pushed back a little bit. And I was like, well, if I'm applying for customer service positions, don't you think that, you know, like, sure, I accidentally sent in my resume that was during the pandemic, but I'm applying for customer service positions and I have 11 plus years of customer service experience. So don't you think that like at least a phone call to clarify that would have been better than just rejecting me? But yeah, HR at Hyatt don't like that. So I got an interview Uh, but he was extremely passive. He was on his phone the whole time. Um, so I just kind of assumed they were just giving me an interview to appease me and not have me like complain. Uh, didn't hear anything back. And then another position offered me an interview and that went great, obviously, because it was another, um, industry person. The first one was like a manager. The second person was someone who had actually bartended for the company. And so they had, uh, you know, more of the same mentality that I do interview went great. He was like, perfect. I would love to bring you on. This is what we want to do for our team. Um, I'll have HR send over all of the onboarding information. Didn't hear nothing. Didn't hear nothing for like a week. I didn't hear anything for a few days, but the fact that I didn't hear anything for a few days and the weekend had already passed, I knew that HR was just not having it with me and she didn't really care if that guy wanted to hire me or not. She was already just not okay with me and my assertiveness and it's fine. I get it. A lot of corporate places don't like people who can articulate what they don't like and also articulate challenging certain aspects of things and uh, clearly I rubbed her the wrong way. So that didn't work out, and I, and I felt like I shouldn't force it anymore. I could have forced it more if I wanted to. I really didn't want to force it anymore, and I was telling Patrick, like, I just feel like there's too many aspects where I'm trying to force my way into somewhere just to be hired, and I want, and I know it's not right because I feel like I'm forcing it, and then with this position that I did get hired at that I've been working at for the last few weeks, it was immediate. It was absolutely immediate. I said, hey, are you guys hiring? It was, yes, absolutely. We have this position available. And the other nice aspect about it is it was, it's working with a friend who I've been in the industry with for about 10 plus years. So it told me more that this is, this is where I I need to be because when things are right, they're not forced. And if you're forcing them, they're not right. And so I had to humble myself on that aspect as well. Um, So it's been quite the fucking journey. It has been quite the journey but I was so sad about it at first but now I'm I'm realizing as I get more into it how much this is right and where I'm supposed to be and now hopefully when we do get to leave this state in like a year from now or potentially by the end of the year but I'm not gonna 
set that expectation. I'm just gonna be humbled to the fact that we need to fucking stack some money so we can save for some land and redo our plan all over again. (laughs) Because we know that we don't belong living in this state, but if that means that we have to just work through a few more components so that we can leave on a better note than just running away, then I'm happy with that. I'm humble with that, and I'm excited for that. So yeah, it's been interesting, but I'm excited to see where it takes us and how it ends up. Um, I'm also excited to, you know, now that I'm back into a a, a not normal work schedule because I'm very much working night shifts, but it's putting me in a position where I get to do art during the day. I have time to record podcast episodes now during the day, Um, and then I go to work at night. I still get my socializing. Um... Still get to have fun with learning herbs, cocktails, tinctures, and being a different, being in a different type of aspect of what I was doing before, but uh, bringing it back full circle now. So anyway, I'm very excited to be continuing to live in understanding my feminine side, understanding when it's appropriate to allow my masculine side to be there. Um... You know, because I I heard somewhere it said there's a great dance between your masculine and your feminine soul. And there's so much accuracy to that. We don't need to gravitate to being all in one or all in the other. There's moments where each of them exist and each of them have a purpose. And that's why we as people are energy, you know, because it's not so cut and dry. There's not just you are this, so you have to be this because that is what you are. It's not true. We are ever-changing in every moment, every season, every year. Like, if you look back at who you were three years ago, it's nothing compared to who you are now. It's nothing compared to the growth that you've seen, that you've pushed through, that you've elevated above. But the trick is just finding where that balance is for you and not letting other people step in and dictate to you what would be better for you. You know what I mean? Like, there's something in you that always feels whether or not it's right. And it's our job as individuals to really hone in on listening to that language about ourselves, listening to the language that our body and our energy field is speaking to ourselves and how it translates to what we put into the world. So yeah, that's my episode for y'all dropping so many aspects of my masculine has been amazing for me to be able to to like shed the layers that didn't actually belong to me so that way I can figure out what is me at the core of things um so I hope this helps you guys feel free to comment review talk to me on Instagram I'm super active on there for those of you who listen but don't follow me on Instagram please go do so it's just dot press dot foreplay underscore I haven't really been creating too many reels lately, but I did create a few not too far back, kind of while I was figuring out my masculine feminine, you know, so there's some fun videos on there, and along with the quotes and things like that, so go show some love, leave me a review, don't forget to subscribe, um, and I'll probably be talking to you a lot more often because my schedule is, um, not so unpredictable anymore and now we're getting more into a a flow of things which I like and I'm excited for and uh yeah 
If you want to connect with me on any personal topics, always you can feel free to email me. I actually do get quite a few people who send me emails asking me just, uh, you know, random questions here and there about stuff that they're curious about. That's just pressforeplay at yahoo.com. We're also on Reddit sometimes if you want to hop on there and stay anonymous. Someone actually sent me an email um, and then deactivated the email afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it was kind of funny. They were, they were asking questions about about like porn and where they should like how is porn bad and all of this stuff so my response to them was you know if you're if you're watching porn and you can tell in like the woman's eyes that it's studio porn or it's something that she's not present you know it's unethical porn like all you got to do is look at someone's face and their body mannerisms and be in tune with that awareness to know whether or not you're watching something that's ethically sourced. Yeah, and then I referred them to some to some uh, types of porn that I enjoy, which is essentially where it's like pussy worshipping, essentially. There's no dick in the videos. It's basically just them, like, loving, caressing, and uh, bringing a woman to full-body orgasm over the course of, like, you know, a chunk of time. Those ones are my favorite because you actually get to see like, the blossoming that happens for women when they're caressed properly and when they're loved properly and when they're uh, shown their body's pleasures without the um, banging of penetration. Because <laughs> there's so many beautiful aspects to how a woman's body reacts to actually truly being worshipped, you know? And I think that's beautiful. So, yeah, so that's what him and I talked about Um but yeah, I thought it was funny that they, they deactivated their email afterwards. It's so funny, the conversation of sex. Like, I mean, I know that that culture and sometimes relationships, like one partner isn't quite as open. So you do it so people feel the need to be a little um, quieter or in how they get their information. But I just want to encourage you all, don't be afraid to ask questions about about sex. Don't be afraid to be curious about what's what's right for you, what's not right for you, what you know, ask questions. Like, there, we don't know what we don't know, and we should never be embarrassed to ask questions, no matter how we feel about it, or no matter how um, society tells us that we should be feeling about it. The only way we're gonna blow through all of this fucking judgment is by genuinely asking questions if you're curious, and being genuine with your answers to people, and being humble in how you receive someone's response as well. Take what's for you, leave the rest. Anyway, I love and appreciate all of you so much. Thank you for continuing to listen to our episodes, even though we are inconsistent as fuck. I love and appreciate all of you so very much. Until next time. I wanna be a little prat, prat, prat. Why do you sparkle like that, that, that? I wanna